Join the Comic-Con countdown as Scott and Jer sit down with the mastermind of Vermont Comic-Con, Jay Moulton, and preview what's to come at Green Mountain's grandest of geek gatherings. Web droppings? How about cat-hating popes, stranger things, and inappropriate Pokemon? And later, author Oliver Chronicfeld chats with Jer about his new work, Flatlander, debuting at Vermont Comic-Con. Jeremiah Johnson. Hi, my name is Scott. I'm Jeremiah. And we're back for Lost at Home, episode 129. Uh, we're going to start this week with a very quick little bit of an ad roll. We have an update. We have some web droppings, like we do most weeks. And then we have a nice little interview with Jay Moulton, who is running Vermont Comic Con, third year this year up in Burlington, Vermont, at the Sheridan Hotel. Yeah. And uh, maybe we might have some other little surprises towards the end of the show that we're going to keep secret for now. I feel like it's a nice teaser to keep people listening. And might I say, not that we've already interviewed Jay Moulton or anything like that, because we do this live and you haven't heard it yet. But uh, no I'm, one thinks we I'm, do this live. <laughs> no one. <laughs> With those, like, there's there's random sound effects and bleeps yeah. in the middle of it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but we I, might have some other fun surprises at the end of the show, and we definitely have a special announcement that we're going to give just before we go off air. Uh, this is a rather big announcement, unless you've been on our Twitter or Facebook, where we've already. Uh, very proudly bragged about it. In which it. <laughs> case, it's a, it's a small announcement, but it's a big announcement either way, actually. No, and, it's and big either way. It's still a big announcement. It's just, it might not be a surprise to you. And if you don't follow us on Twitter or Facebook, go ahead fuck and do you. so. You, you should. We put things fuck up Fuck off and fun. die, motherfucker. Or just go follow us. That'd be yeah. great, actually. Be at great. The Lost at Home on Twitter and Lost at Home Podcast on Facebook. All right. Now, so um, anyway, yeah, let's get some uh, some stuff out of the way here. Yeah, like, let's oh. get let's get our sponsor out of the way. Yeah. I mean, we always have this I annoying sponsor. I don't think this sponsor. sounds terrible. It sounds like, get out, get them out of the way no, no, we, no. what we want to do is we 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 can't wait to get into the rest of the show uh so we want to make sure to give our wonderful sponsor the time of day that they deserve which our sponsor is bam bambox the yeah, bambox.com bambox yeah. yeah um this month's box is already sold out five days before the final uh date for uh end of sales for shipping uh, so we can't actually tell you what the next ban box is going to be yet. We don't. We do not know. But we can a, tell a, people what of, they've already missed. Well, last month, the one that sold out five days ahead of time was called Crazy, and it was themed towards Suicide Squad. It contained a, an original item themed for the Batman graphic novel, The Killing Joke, and involved a autograph of some kind, maybe an autograph picture or piece of art. Uh, by one of the cast members of the movie Suicide Squad, which I went to see yesterday and loved. It's actually my favorite modern DC movie so far out of the three. Nice, man. Now, uh, you can go to our website, thelostatomepodcast.com, and click on the Bandbox banner uh, about mid-page. And when you go there, it's a portal to their website where you can use offer code LAH10 to get 10% off your first 
order. Now, that will translate into a pretty nice little discount, and it gives the show a small kickback on our end that helps us do things like buy web hosting yeah. and new equipment and mics uh, honestly, and travel to Vermont Comic-Con, which will come up later in the show when we talk to Jay Moulton. Yeah, absolutely, and the band box so far has actually helped us, uh, thanks to everybody out there who's already purchased uh uh, I'm sure you've enjoyed and absolutely loved what you've got, but you've actually helped us pay for uh, a lot of uh, you know our hosting already. Yeah, we, uh, we, we're very proud of the, yep. the the fans of the show who've actually gone ahead and done this because you've literally paid for an entire year of hosting and a few other little without uh, us really bits. having to beg that much, except for five minutes at the top of the show every time. No, we don't we, we don't ask for like money to do this. We we never will. We're gonna uh, go to Vermont Comic Con again, as you're gonna hear later. We'll we're have not, a collection we're not selling anything. We'll have a we're, collection plate out there. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Do we have we have some shirts? we might sell if anybody it's wants to come more by right? a tip jar in yeah. exchange for shirts yeah exactly yeah a suggested donation but you only get it if you donate this much yeah august 27th and 28th uh we will be at vermont comic-con yeah uh, we will be tabling we will be on the second floor this year uh first year we were on the uh first floor second year second floor yeah we're moving up Yep, and uh, just look for us. Uh, we'll have recorders and mics up, and yeah. and we'll probably be wandering talk, around talk. actually uh, with a recorder too. So if you see some stranger being like, "Let me record you," uh, it it's very well could have been could be one of us. We'll probably be wearing lost at home. Let's shirts. let's wear lost at home shirts so people aren't just like creeped out completely by us. Uh, but anyway, so we're yeah we're gonna get into uh, Comic Con later after we get done. Um, a couple other pieces of our show, including a little bit of an update from last week. Yeah, we have two updates. One yeah. from last week, one from a previous week story. The one where we did an entire uh, segment on Mike Pence. It's Mike Pence, correct? Yeah. Okay. I, I forgot his name because he was so forgettable. Yes. Um, you can go ahead and start us off with the first uh, update. Oh, yeah, well, okay. We we talked about... Uh, last week, we talked about blood. There will be blood. There was We pretty much had a blood-themed podcast, and we actually talked about something that I had no idea like existed that was, I think, news to both of us. A really cool tidbit about Pope Innocent One. There was a Pope Innocent, uh, the eighth, and about how he liked to drink, uh, you know, young boys' blood. He kind of kickstarted the whole uh, "let's rape some kids" uh, priest thing or whatever. But he was like, "Let's just drink some blood instead," and uh, you know, that's better. And in this case, like randomly, okay, I, I pulled a like a random little cat prank on a friend of mine, and somehow, like, I managed to slip a link in about ninety nine facts about cats into this thing. And one of my friends was reading these facts off that I had put into this website that I had no idea existed. And uh, I knew the website existed, but not these facts. And she was like, oh, I got this interesting fact about Pope Innocent VIII. And my fucking, like, my head exploded. I'm yeah, like, that is so Whoa. weird. I'm like, that's so weird. I didn't even know there was a Pope Innocent VIII and until last week. And referenced it loosely. Yeah, based on something I randomly put into somebody else's web th- website. So, uh, well, okay. So apparently, Pope Innocent hated cats and may have kicked off the bubonic plague. Now, this isn't even as much hearsay as the whole let me drink a bunch of kids' blood thing. This is actually something that he was known to do. Uh, apparently, back in these days, uh, witchcraft obviously was a bad thing. You know, like, no, nah, witches. And cats were considered familiars often. And, uh, you know, uh, they, they were kind of like side by side with witchcraft. So apparently, uh, a lot of times when witches were burned at the stake or, you know, crucified or whatever the fuck they were 
the cats that lived with them were as well because they were thought maybe they were their familiars maybe the souls would be going into the cats and all of a sudden these cats would be you know evil so cats were considered fucking pure evil by pope innocent the eighth and he actually ordered a lot of these cats to be burned etc etc no, no, no. he ordered all cats to be excommunicated excommunicated which, which is, great, is yes. amazing <laughs> excommunicated you're no longer allowed in the church yes <laughs> Wait, isn't it excommunicated? Like, if you're a priest and you're no longer allowed to... Like, how many you're, priest you're cats like, were there? You're being defrocked pretty yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how many priest cats did they... Like, like Bishop Meow Meow, you're fucking out. Yeah, like, and, and right. this was still... Like, this was 1484 when he yeah. excommunicated all cats. And he declared any cat found living with a witch... Witch, yes. Which yeah. was... Anybody that they decided was a witch, right? For whatever was, reason, was to be burned and this was about two hundred. And this was about two hundred years before the actual Salem witch trials, too. So this was like early witch hunt shit. But this is also not America. This was, uh, you know, earlier over in the, the, the Spain and the, and the Italy and the and the Europe. Now, uh, before we go any further with the uh, Pope Innocent hating cats uh, and Jer alluding to the fact that this may have set off the bubonic plague. I mean, um, proving it. This, yeah. uh, this, this story that we found this within was an uh, incredible story about cats and how they've been demonized all through history. It includes a lot of other sources oh, it's a from cool. other it's, uh, yeah. countries, other time periods. And what we're going to do is we're actually going to take this and create a discussion piece to use next week alongside our interview. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Because a lot of these are really interesting. And no, it's, and, it's and really kinda, cool. I like it. Yeah. fit the horror centricity that next week's surprise interview, unless you were on our Facebook or Surprise interview Twitter, until later uh, in the show. Yeah. About, about an hour from now, we're going we're gonna to reveal our amazing guest for next week that it's definitely a name in horror. But uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's go through the rest of this after this. Uh, next week as a discussion piece. Yeah, yeah, and really the rest of the, the rest of what I even wanted to talk about for this um, is really just to note that uh, because and this actually happened a lot in that time frame um, because apparently there was also uh, it wasn't just the fact that they thought that cats were uh, witch familiars and stuff like that or they were familiars whatever. Um, uh, okay, so when you kill a bunch of cats. We all know that rats do, really... Do tell. We, we all know <laughs> what that... What happens when you kill a bunch of cats? <laughs> what happens when you kill a bunch of cats? Rats go crazy. And guess what? We all know that rats essentially really brought out the brought about the bubonic plague. Actually, but it wasn't, cur current conjecture says that fleas did okay, lived yes. on the rats. And actually, and I, I have to also, I also have to back up and say a lot of people back in these days did know that, and no, they knew fleas were too small to see with modern yeah, science. Yeah. So here, so here, here's the thing: is like they thought cats and dogs because it just happened that when they were around, around the bo yeah. So they thought those. So uh, it, it wasn't just cats for the the sake of witches, but I do like to think that maybe Pope Innocent the Eighth, because his name was Innocent, uh, happened to set off the most destructive uh, plague in the uh, world's history for the most part. Uh, you know, uh, I, it's not just him, because apparently also uh, they thought that just dogs and cats in general carried the plague, so they killed them, but then obviously, like... There, there was a huge surplus of rats because of that, and the rats and their fleas, the their dirty, dirty fleas, brought, brought the, their, plague. The, the plague and actually kicked it off. So what I'm Pope, saying Pope is Pope Innocent, Innocent VIII caused the plague. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm doubling down like Donald Trump on the fucking ISIS shit, you know? Oh, hell yeah. Uh, it says in this article that hundreds of thousands of cats and dogs were exterminated across Europe uh, during the late, four, uh, what would this be, the it 1500s? Like, 1400s. Yeah, well, it was for, yeah, it was uh, late 1400s. Yeah, like remember, uh, Pope Innocent VIII died in 1492. 
if you recall. Yep. And what I've learned from this entire story is that Pope Innocent hated pussy and loved draining young boys. <laughs> That's a great little uh, uh, segue into our next update. Oh, but we will uh, do a Speaking discussion. Speaking of draining be- pussies, <laughs> yeah. let's talk about abortion. <laughs> it's actually not a good segue, honestly. Yeah. Jared loves talking about abortion. So we're going to bring back a story that was brought up uh, when we talked about Mike Pence and about Texas and how... Uh, Texas was looking towards uh, creating a new uh, law that essentially said if you aborted a fetus, you would have to provide a uh, a cremation. What was Indiana that did that? Yeah. Yes. But Texas has been eyeing this the whole time. They want to either do burials or cremations for fetuses. Yep. Now, well, this is yet another roadblock in Texas towards uh, creating a hostile atmosphere for young women and their health care needs. Texas hates young women and their healthcare needs period it's a hundred percent known at this point yeah um now what we have is carol everett she is the ceo and founder of the heidi group they are an anti-abortion organization and they are known for giving uh women healthcare advice and i want to use advice with air quotes hard Hard air air quotes. I want to touch your hard air quotes. Yeah, baby. Love your hard air quotes. Yeah. Now, this mainly comes from the fact that the Heidi Group, as uh, we're calling it, uh, does not provide any actual form of health care services at all. But suggestions are health care. Uh, they they give bad advice. I don't know if that's healthcare. <laughs> if we're Republicans, uh, yeah, yeah. but uh, they were awarded by the uh, Texas legislation one point six five million dollars in taxpayers' money to basically help Texas women in their reproductive uh, struggles. Right, help but they them. are not a healthcare provider. And you're still using the word. Uh, I'm using air quotes quotes in almost everything. (laughs) The word help is in air quotes, all right. Now, the reason why I brought up Carol Everett, not only is because she's the CEO and founder of this Heidi Group that was awarded $1.65 million, but recently she testified at a hearing in Austin, Texas at the State House uh, on the proposed requirement to have women either bury or cremate the remains of their aborted fetuses. And uh, according to the Austin Chronicle, uh, she said that she had concerns about an impending public health care disaster if aborted fetuses were flushed down toilets. She argued that the general... Like alligators, po- yeah. Ex- They're going to grow know, into like, yeah. Hold, hold that thought. <laughs> she argued that the general public could be affected with STDs or even HIV due to the fetuses flooding the... Flooding... The sewer system. I love the fact, like, okay, I'm sure there's a lot of medical science. She, like, because as a, a, a right-wing Christian woman, I'm sure she paid a lot of attention to Christian, I mean, to, to science, and probably has a bunch of papers to back this up. You know, because everybody's like, you know, what's wrong with these sewers these days? There's so many fetuses flowing up. Like, you're, uh, you know, it's like the, the fracking thing where people are, like, uh lighting water on fire and yes. shit only instead they're like turning their faucets on these tiny babies coming out they're like what the hell's happening and then they start them on fire <laughs> oh no i said hold that thought because i thought carol there was something... everett you a crazy bitch yeah actually this is uh this is dumb on every uh every front um what okay if we want to really argue about what happens when you flush things if she thinks that flushing a fetus can give you hiv what do you okay we flush turds every day 
turds. Which, a lot of them have blood in them. Well, I, I have blood in my stool often. No matter how you look at it that way, you're, Scott, if I she, have blood in my stool. <laughs> I'm trying to ignore completely your debilitating health and your ever ever increasing sickness. But um, the idea would be like if she if she thinks that flushing fetuses can give you AIDS, yeah, right. Then yeah. what do you, what is she drinking? When we all poop in toilets, like what what diseases can you get from drinking poop? Well, the other thing too is like uh, I mean, first of all, uh, we grew up in the '80s, you know, and we grew up with fucking posters pointing out that you can't get AIDS from a toilet seat, you right. know, stuff like that. Like I you mean, can't unless, get AIDS unless from you, a random, unless you cut your hands, smear yeah. blood all over it, jack off on that I, blood. I, I think you, I think you said smear actually. Smear, yeah, 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 yeah. I think you got very Jewish on that. I one. did. <laughs> And, uh, and then also um, take the person who's about to sit down for a poo and uh, just paper cut the shit out of their ass. Yeah, and then fuck them with an AIDS dick. Yeah, and then and, uh, uh, a dick entirely made of AIDS. Just yeah, yeah, just pure uh, sewed together fucking beautiful AIDS dick and just fuck them up the ass. And then you can get AIDS from a toilet seat. Um, essentially, what we're getting at is this woman's nuts. Texas is yeah. nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, in yeah. a recent poll, uh, if Hillary Clinton was voted president, three out of five Texans said they would push for secession. Go right. The okay, first fu- of all, no, 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 no. First of all, no, no, no. Second of all, okay. no. Third yeah, of all, yeah, yeah, yeah. Texas. Go ahead. Go fucking ahead. Go Leave. Ahead. We don't yeah. want you at all. Texas gives us nothing well they do literally nope. the, no the reason they putting can bl- i'm putting blinders on here, nope. here's the thing is the reason they can is because they are actually the only state other than california that could technically financially secede from the united every time you, uh, like the vermont's like we're gonna secede i'm like well all right we're gonna be in a dust bowl like we can't but like texas could and thing is though like fine be your own random little guatemala just fucking sitting out there in the middle of nowhere with your yeah your own like independent government but you know what they they say this every single time they're like a black guy's gonna become president we're going to secede like it's been trying to be like it's not gonna happen like no, yeah no, and honestly no. but but things fine if it does Fine, fine. Guess what? We'll do. We'll do with forty-nine states. We'll finally make Puerto Rico the fiftieth state. They fucking deserve it. We'll just give them it. Like, it wouldn't be so great to 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 take. Let's ask Britain if they want to be the fiftieth state. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be ironic? Because they fucked up the fact that yeah. like, it was like, oh shit, Brexit was Brexit with a fuck up. Like, let's become part of the United States. Wouldn't it be oh, ironic we get to, as like, hell after the Revolutionary War and whatnot? Like, oh my god, yeah. And then and then they fucked up Brexit, and then we just like take like take. Take the UK, or not the UK? Actually, just Great Britain. But yeah, take England. That's what we do. All right. Um, now, after those updates, I think it's perfectly time now to move into web dropping. Web dropping. All right. This week's first web dropping is yet another Pokemon Go story, and yeah. we do dearly apologize if you're getting sick of hearing these. But sometimes- we actually intentionally did not do this story last week because there's been we, too yeah, many because we have, but, but, but we are also bringing you the weirdest Pokemon Go stories anybody will ever bring you like uh, a Pokemon raped me and Pokemon Go proved it happened technically that's the gist of the story <laughs> I mean if you really Moving want to go down <laughs> a, a woman in Moscow, Russia says she woke up one night to discover a large Pokemon on top of her raping her as she slept but she said her phone wasn't a part of it right augmented she reality she just woke up and there was a Pokemon raping her um, she okay. jumped to the bed and the creature disappeared 
She then opened her Pokemon Go app because she's an avid player, and it was in and the corner around the right? room, and it was in the corner masturbating. And here's the thing: is that the, the, actually it was just in the room in the game, but <laughs> just it's like just a, animated. Just it's, got, a, it's got pixels. Commander or whatever the fuck. I don't know. I, I'm trying to learn the name. Charmander. Charmander. Yeah. There we go. Just jerking off. I, oh, I was trying to do something other than a Pikachu because that's so generic. So Charmander sounds it like I a, know. It was a slowpoke. Slowpoke just slowly. Poking. Just massaging its soft it, the, penis. The, the rape was more irritating due to the, to the duration. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, you know, it's like it's like I wanted it, but I didn't want it that slow. <laughs> oh, God, that's terrible. You're Why did I wait so long? Why did I wait so long to call 911? That was my best uh, uh, slow pokes. I like the fact that you're able to get into character like that. You're like, let me let me get into a slow poke raping. It's <laughs> fucking. No, this woman called police. I hate I hate myself sometimes. All right, and they and her husband uh, refused to believe her, and instead suggested she uh, consult a psychiatrist. I mean, I, I I hate to say it, I still think that's probably the case. I mean, she decided that a psychiatrist wouldn't do, and instead went to a psychic. No, thank you. Oh yeah, because they're the same thing. <laughs> they they it. all they all start with the same letters. One's cheaper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they all start with those weird letters that make me th- make make me think that they're all really smart. Yes, why? She also claims that she has a witness to back up the rape. Uh, oh. She says that her friend uh, Ivan Makarov sounds uh, made up. Reports that also uh, sounds like a Russian name, actually. And this is in quotes. Uh, she said there are too many pook. I can't do a Russian accent. I'm not even gonna try. No, that was good. Keep going. She says that too many. No, I can't. The more I try, the no! harder it gets. It was perfect! She says there are too many Pokemon are too many at her place, and even the dog can sense them. She says the dog barks when they when she plays the Pokemon. I can't do it. It's really bad. But apparently she says that the, her friend says that there's too many Pokemon in her home, and the dog yeah. barks when she plays. Meaning... The dog bugs when she plays because she's not feeding the fucking dog because she's too busy playing Pokemon. Actually, if she's playing it right, she'd be taking the dog for too many walks. The dog's barking because it's like, I'm not going on another fucking walk. Stop! I'm not going to go on another Pokewalk. Pokewalks, man. As that dog refers to him, rape walks. Rape rocks. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to go on any more rape rocks? All right, we'll just take you on a rape walk. No, no more rape rocks. (laughs) Oh, silly dog. Can't say the word W, right? <laughs> the word W. Jesus Christ, Jeremiah. Now, um... Learn a joke. As a lot of the people who listen to this show, um, how they get our humor, listen to the same things we do, watch the same shows and movies we do, uh, we kind of feel like the people who listen are, you know, our people. Meaning we assume right off the bat here that most people who listen to this show have already been on Netflix and watched Stranger Things. Uh, yeah, you better. If you haven't... Literally, I'm telling you, don't listen to us anymore. Go pause and watch eight hours of Stranger Things. Watch eight hours of the greatest fucking nostalgic TV you will ever fucking absorb in your goddamn life. Yep. 
And then when you're done with that, uh, tune back into this moment. We'll give a moment. We'll, we'll pause. Okay, that's enough dead air. People there think we, go. we yeah, went yeah, all yeah. fair. No, no, we're um, just a pause for you, not you stranger things, people. The villain in the show, and this isn't much of a spoiler because it doesn't ruin any plot points, but the energy department of the United States of America yeah, is yeah. the villain in uh, Stranger Things, yeah. uh, alongside something that we won't mention, but we'll just say it's something horrific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also possibly a uh, future part of the show, but I'm yeah. working on that and yeah. more to follow. Um, so let's do a few tidbits. Let's go to the bullet points here. Um, in the show, Hawkins National Laboratory uh, for the Department of Energy is in the show, does not exist. Let's just say that right off the bat. It does not exist. Does not exist, never did. Literally made up by the people who made the show up. Uh, this amazing fucking show up. And uh, also, the Department of Energy has put out a uh, notice this past week saying they do not explore other worlds, other dimensions, and do not have a portal to another world or another dimension. In other words, anybody who hasn't seen the show yet, that should probably tell you you should watch it the fucking department of energy is reacting to a show on tv to people asking them if they respond to otherworldly events that shows you that's a fucking cool show man no, the, the energy department does not explore parallel universes uh one of the cool things they do do is uh they created a multi-mission radiostope uh thermoelectric generator that pulls the uh, heat from a decaying plutonium-238 power source for a rocket. So as the rocket's using the power source to fly, it pulls the decaying plutonium's heat to then transfer it into new electricity. Okay. So what they do is they they learn new ways to make power. They're on the forefront of cellular technology, uh, uh, grabbing heat, uh, thermodynamics, um, anything they can work on that would give us more energy or an edge uh, in this current climate where the U.S. this year uh, currently is in the middle of suffering the hottest year on record in the history of the globe. Which also was only just above last year's hottest year on record history of the but yeah. it's going up I uh, when, know, when, like, when i was yeah. a kid we never had summers in no. vermont as hot as we had this summer no and honestly in, in, in honestly never. or last summer or the summer before yeah. in other words global warming is real yep yeah, we are experiencing the hottest weather in the northeast that we ever have in that's our a, lives that's almost a tease to uh to to a theme to a special that we're going to be doing in October, too. I just Fair enough. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um, to, to put into comparison, if anyone has traveled around the U.S., um, I'm a big fan of New Orleans and Louisiana. Yep, I, I frequent me too. it. Yep. Um, I, I would equate our July weather to August weather in New Orleans. Yeah. It was that humid and that hot. Uh, maybe maybe a, a hair off, but you could never equate Vermont weather, even on the hottest day, to Louisiana weather ever before five years ago well we we've had we've had floods that have completely destroyed villages and towns yeah villages like we're fucking from the 1920s or something but yeah no we yeah, kind of are yeah, vermont's yeah. pretty rural yeah yeah um now to round out the story the energy department also does not mess with monsters uh they consider their scientists not to be evil they're actually quite smart and nice according to several employees of uh the energy department in general and um lights are not powered by monsters and again, if any of you have not seen this show, this should hopefully tell you to go see the show. The fact that the Department of Energy is telling you lights are not powered by monsters tells you how fucking cool this show is going to be. That's all I got to say. 
Now, to end web droppings for this week, before we get into our uh, interview with Jason Moulton about Vermont yeah. Comic-Con, uh, I have what could be my favorite story ever. Oh, yeah, this... and I did not read a shred of this story. I, I'm I gonna told let you... you not yeah, to. Yeah, you were you going to... Uh, let me know. What, what, what do you got for me? Well, Jason Northrup brings the story to us. Uh, listeners may know him from a few weeks ago. He drove all the way to Vermont. From Iowa, from, from Iowa, from Iowa, yeah. He brings us a story from the Omaha World Herald. Um, the title is Omaha Dad Finds Pot Brownies, Eats Four of Them, Says Mean Things to Cat. Do you okay. have to do you have to tell me any more? Like I absolutely do, and in fact I'm gonna read this story word for word, okay. and if at any point you want to interject, uh raise your hand, like a okay. classroom, I will. and we, yep, we can yep. talk. That's fine. An Omaha dad who mistakenly ate some marijuana brownies. Didn't oh, uh, how do you accidentally eat marijuana brownies? You uh... wait. Okay, never mind. Didn't enjoy the experience. Omaha police officers were called to a house near 90th and Maple Street. Wait, around... would they call it a landline or a cell phone? I uh, would be calling this a landline based on the 53-year-old man. Continue. Uh, around 9:45 p.m. Wait. Oh, never mind. It was PM. I was going to ask if it was AM or PM. I'm, I'm getting a little too antsy. And this is on a Tuesday, just to, just to clarify. <laughs> I was definitely going to go <laughs> yeah. wait. Yeah, okay. Anyway, continue. Uh, to investigate an accidental overdose. There, they learned that the 53-year-old man had been unloading groceries and found some brownies in the backseat of his car, which his adult children had used earlier in the day. The man ate four of the brownies he found. The man's wife told police that as she and her husband were watching TV, he noted that he was getting bad anxiety, and she tried to call their children to ask what was in the brownies, but couldn't reach any of them. Um, This is in parentheses here. The woman told officers that she would rather not provide her children's names because she thought they could get in trouble. An Omaha police spokesman said the investigation into the matter has concluded, so none of the children will be charged with anything. Um, As the police were at the house... One of the couple's children arrived and told the officer the brownies belonged to his sibling. Uh, he told them he was pretty sure it was just marijuana in the brownies. Yeah, I was holding them for a friend. Yeah, pretty right? sure it was just, just, just pot. I mean, I was fucking I, I bad do enough, Parkinson's dude. My hands were full of PCP. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure, like, if I red pill, blue pill, but yeah. Now, paramedics were called to the scene and they checked on the man and found that his vital signs were all normal because even an OD on pot is normal vital signs. It really doesn't do Dude, I'm pretty sure I've, I've OD'd on, on fucking edible pot. And, and it, it doesn't... fucking sucks. Oh, it you sucks just wake mentally. up the next day. Yeah. You're like, yeah, you, you throw up and you hate yourself and everything fucking sucks. Oh, and you, 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 you trip can, balls. You can feel like you need medical yeah. help, but a physician can run every test on you. earth it on you and nothing you. is wrong yeah. with you. Yeah, not even an increased heart rate. Yeah, you're like, oh, his blood pressure is lower. Good for him. Exactly. Um, he told the paramedics he felt like he was tripping, and he yeah, declined their offer to be taken to the hospital. Um, now, one of the things I love is that uh, after the well, the paramedics arrived on the scene, they noted that he was displaying odd behavior. He was crawling around on the floor and randomly using profanities and calling the family cat a bitch. <laughs> 
That motherfucking cat had it coming. I just love that a 53-year-old man is tripping balls on weed, crawling around his hands, going, yeah, yeah. fuck motherfucking you fucking cunt, bitch. bitch fucking. Yeah. And then the cat comes by. You like, think, you yeah, fucking yeah. bitch. Yeah. <laughs> you think you fucking own this? You run this place? You fucking bitch. Yeah. I'll eat out of your bull. You're always licking my plates. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, you bitch. Yeah, okay, so maybe, you know what, after reading the story, maybe it's not the best story we've ever done. I like but, it, it's a good but story. I love that a 53-year-old man ate too much pot brownie, tripped anxiety, crawled around the floor, swore. And called his cat, called his cat a, a bitch. bitch. But you know what? I think we have a better story in store for everybody right now. Let's just play the interview with Jason Moulton that we just recorded and let people judge for themselves about how great Vermont Comic Con is and just how great Jay is. We've been promising it. I think it's a great idea. Let's do it. We're here today with the owner and orchestrator of the best Comic Con in Vermont, Jay Moulton. Hi, Jay. Welcome to the show. Hey, how are you guys today? Oh, man, you know, we're, we were really happy to have you back. You were here last year to talk about the con, so you've given us a little bit of a background on, you know, why you started, all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, we are going to have to just ask you again a little bit more about, uh, specifically this year, what makes this the best Vermont Comic Con that you've ever put on? I'm telling you, I'm so excited for this year. I mean, you know, year one, I didn't even know you guys. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know who would show up or whatever. Last year blew my mind. I mean, we had a huge response. Um, really just blew away our expectations and we're actually ahead of pre-sales this year from last year so uh, my goal for this year actually my goal going forward is we've we're using the whole convention center we're having twice the amount of panels we're going to educate more we work with more charities we've partnered with Make-A-Wish and Red Cross and several others and we work throughout the year so it's more about community involvement this year uh, some great guests a lot of great panels more of a focus on the artist and, and um, exhibitor rather than just the local celebrity um, rehash or uh, you know, we're kind of making it all, all inclusive for everybody that comes in, um, so they can they can grab anything they want, like sketches, autographs. They can learn a lot of things. Though. That's the big thing: is educating people what a comic con is, or what we feel a comic con should be. Because if it's a if you're just preaching comic con, you could say, well, it's about standing in line all day and paying a lot of money. <laughs> this show, it's not that way. So we, that's just my expectation to educate people, let them know that there is a place for geeks to go or, or people to hang out and just have a good time, and it's family friendly and fun. Yeah, I uh, I gotta say I went to Montreal Comic Con this year, and that ex- that experience compared to Vermont Comic Con was night and day. Um, I hated Montreal Comic Con. Uh, I enjoyed going for the sake of going, but when I left, I was like, "Wow, I'm really glad I left." Like it was a nightmare, and uh, <laughs> Vermont Comic Con was just a pleasant experience. We wish we around. we were talking about it for days after. We wish we could have just like stayed there for more days. And and I think you hit the nail on the head there. Like one of the things that I really loved about it is because of the uh, it's it's big enough where you feel like you're amongst like a bunch of people who love the same thing. So you feel like part of something big. But it's also small enough where you really feel like you're part of it. Like it's a community, and you really do. I saw this like positivity through and through. It was pure positivity. Uh, everybody felt like they were a part of something, and everybody knew that it was something awesome. See, that's the that's the one thing that I'm glad we can create. I mean, I'm I'm from, you know, Southern New England originally. Uh, I've been going to Boston Comic Con since they really first started. I, I mean, you know, I'm 41, so I've seen my days at Boston Comic Con. Um, you know, where it was just in a basement, and I actually liked it better that way. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jimmy's a good friend of mine. And we we've talked over the years, and I said, you know, I I like your show, love your show, because you know, hey, he's he's rich or whatever. But I don't. It's not the show for me. You know, the show that I want to see. Is where I have no more than about seven or eight thousand people. Um, it's 
cost effective for a family of four to go to or what have you. Um, we involve a, a community effort. Um, I mean, and it's true to Vermont. It doesn't work in other places, but it certainly seems to be working in Vermont where we can we can have the charity events. And we don't just put it on, call it a day and let them go home. We, we're with them throughout the year. We've done several Make-A-Wish events. We do uh, work with the Children's Hospital throughout the year. Um, our, our backgrounds are mostly in nonprofit organizations. So what we like to do is just show people you can have, you can have a great time at Comic-Con, but you can't stop at Comic-Con. Read the comics, help your community. These are resources that we're bringing you that are already existed in your in your in your town or, or state, but you got to get out there and make a positive effort to make the world a better place. Not just coming to Comic Con, but supporting all these great artists and uh, vendors and everybody else there, the charities. So it's it's something that I wanted to create um, to be a non traditional Comic Con. And look, most of our crowd, as you guys know, are real big introverts. I mean, I'm no exception. You know, I tend to, I want to run and hide half the time. Yeah. But you know, when you're not comfortable in a mall, or you're not comfortable in you know a stadium or whatever. You, I've, I'm trying to create an experience where you. I guess that's the best word to use. An experience when you come to Vermont Comic Con, you can come in there and feel welcome. You like you're coming into my house. You can feel welcome, and you can you don't have to feel threatened. And you know, social issues we, we're very high in that too. I mean, we we just try to make a little community within a community, and and it's a safe place, a fun place where people from toddlers to great-great-grandparents can enjoy. Yeah, last year we aired a Vermont Comic-Con special. We had a uh, table set up with mics, and we interviewed pretty much anyone who wanted to be on a mic and talk for a few minutes. And the response from everyone, uh, we gave them a five-question uh, uh, sure. gamut to go through, much like our ten questions we asked celebrities on our own show. And the fifth question was, how do you feel about Vermont Comic-Con? And everyone was just like, this is amazing. This is awesome. This was perfect. I'm having a great time. There was not even a hint of negativity amongst anyone we talked to. Yeah, we didn't edit anything. We actually literally aired every single person who came to our table, and every single one had overwhelmingly positive, including the, the celebrities that we did actually interview that were from, uh, that actually appeared there, the, uh, the folks sure. that we actually got on the show. Uh, but also, I mean, the really important thing is, is like everybody that we've finally got out of their shell again, a lot of introverts so sometimes getting people to just sit down and just chat with us uh was even hard you know but then when they did it was great to see them open up and see them kind of gush about how great of a time and you could tell they felt like in their element there they could they could be the 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 cool kid at the you know the comic they could they could be themselves and be like the the cool person that they feel that they are so no i really i think you're right and i think you're both right actually uh, it, it's really humbling when people say, "Oh, I love Vermont Con, love Vermont Comic Con." For me, I'm never happy, and I'm not I'm never satisfied. I always want another charity, another artist, another vendor. I mean, we have more tables than we did last year by about thirty or so, maybe forty. Nice. We're really pushing, evolving to a show that I've uh, really thought of having in the first place. I mean, Vermont Comic Con won great. It, it basically proved that it's a viable business in Vermont. People actually want it, so I'll be back. The next year, I had no idea what to expect, but now it's time to evolve. It's not. It's not time to sit on my laurels, yeah, and, and just be satisfied with year two. So we've created a lot more programming, a lot more content. Um, what I really want to see, and one thing you're going to see this year, uh, we've turned the Champlain, the main room, the Champlain Hall, into um, you know our usual booths on the side and media wall. But the entire 75 tables in the middle are all artists. A true full. Artist Alley of 75 tables. Awesome. So that's something I'm very proud of. Because that means artists are paying attention. That means, you know, we actually have a true Artist Alley for the first time in three years. 
where we don't have to share it with vendors. And I love the vendors, love the artists, but it, it just makes it more, it makes it prettier. It makes it me seem like, you know, it makes it to me seem like that I'm actually having an artist alley that's of better value for the customer. I mean, we've got a lot of great things up our sleeves for this year, some surprises. Um, you know, there's a couple special guests that may or may not pop in. You know, we, like we had Senator Leahy last year. We're looking at a, another senator from Vermont, but, a, you know, his schedule is a little bit tight right now. Um, but has shown a very big interest in the show, which was flattering to me to begin with. But um, we, like last year, we had Colin Trevorrow as a, as a last-minute guest. I mean, th- you never know what's going to happen at Vermont Comic Con. We could have Mike Myers. We could have Bernie Sanders. You never know. Uh, everybody has a home in Vermont. Or everybody knows somebody in Vermont. But we're happy to welcome back a lot of the... A lot of the artists, uh, especially Bob Layton and Blair Shedd, Cliff Rathburn, um, Dan Parent, uh, the Vermont comic creators, just a lot of great artists already in Vermont. But we seem to be getting a bigger reach. We have um, something huge this year that I'd never had the last two years. We have a waiting list for tables. Oh, wow. Nice. And the waiting list is actually fairly big, which I could not understand. Uh, You know, grinding through this for three years, man, it's, um, you you know. Do you think in the future you may have to move to a larger venue? See, I thought of that, and I think what we're going to do is just expand more in the venue. Um, my my big goal is not to leave there because if I ever change the there being the Sheridan Hotel where this is hosted right. each year, uh, a great venue that no one could say anything bad about. Absolutely not. <laughs> no, but my my big thing is you know we can use the first floor hotel rooms as stores. We can use uh, we can have a ten thousand square foot tent in the parking lot. There is room for more people. Exactly. Um, and, and we also have, you know, overflow parking thanks to UVM. I appreciate them, too. Uh, a lot of good neighbors around the Sheraton that'll, that'll give us a lot of parking spaces. But I think if we expand it to a different venue, whether it's Champlain Valley, that's probably the only one that could fit us. Right, yeah. Uh, it's just not going to be the same experience. It's not going to – I like the Sheraton. It's clean. It's, it's in a good neighborhood. Um, it's, it's very accessible for the, from the airport and – From the highway, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great location. I mean, uh, the only way that'd be better is if I owned it, which will never happen. But um, no, I, I think if we if we get any bigger, um, we're just going to be sold out. And you know, it's it's hard for me to say to to anybody that we're sold out. And I'm sorry, but it's going to take away from the actual experience. I mean, would you want Vermont Comic Con turning into Boston Comic Con, where there's eighty thousand, hundred thousand people waiting in line in the heat for hours? Absolutely I mean, even, not. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I had no idea we we're going to get that big of a crowd after year one, and uh, I'm outside handing out waters to people in line because I figured they were thirsty. Come yeah. to my house every time, but uh, you know, I don't really want it to grow that big. I don't want it to grow past eight thousand people because it's not going to uh, it's not going to hold true to the mission that we started with. And I really don't. I'm kind of an old school guy like that. I start with a plan, I evolve the plan, but you can't lose the original message. Well, I think that's a testament to the, actually, the term that you used is evolution versus what a lot of people would just say growth, which are two, they can work hand in hand because obviously it is, but you're, 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 you're aware of what makes Comic-Con, Vermont Comic-Con so great and you're not willing to compromise that just for the sake of you know no. ex- extra money lining your pocket and uh, no, extra it, big it, names you know, and stuff like you. that. It does get to be very sad when I go, wow, 100,000 times blah, blah, blah is, is, sounds great, but at the same time, you know, I, I could sell a you know a giant hunk of shit for a lot of money, and it's not going to mean anything to anybody. But yeah. when you give an experience, unless you're means, unless you're a shit collector, yeah, that's right. Unless, unless you <laughs> be a couple in Vermont, I, I could tell you some names. But <laughs> but it's really great. I mean, the more important thing that's happened to me over the last year is that I've become more of a I guess honorary citizen of Vermont. Um, I've done a lot of events. I mean, Scott, I tell you the, the Kevin Smith night. 
Yeah. Um, you know, I've seen you guys around here and there. It's yeah, a we lot keep of crossing people. paths often. Oh yeah, great connections, great friends. Um, Free you know, comic I, book I, day I, I ran I, into. Yeah, I feel like I really belong in Vermont now. I'm, I mean, uh, I'm debating on an apartment up there now, but something I couldn't do year one. But I, <clears throat> it's it's been interesting being welcomed by people, and I'm actually a Flatlander, and they don't hold it against me. Maybe it's a show. I don't know. Maybe it's my charming personality. I doubt that too. <laughs> but uh, I mean, based on the success of Vermont Comic Con, now we have a show in the spring, April first and second, in Barrie, Vermont, the Green Mountain Comic Expo, which is more of an independent art show. Uh, may have a couple guests, still debating, but it's it's we want to really focus on art and creation, and an experience that uh, can't be beat. I mean, I'll put my staff and my con against San Diego or anybody else based on the value, for the size. Oh, I'll I mean, attest to that easily. Like I said, uh, Montreal Comic Con, uh, a, a not good experience all around, comparatively. Uh, it, it was just. Uh, elbow to elbow people, uh, intense heat, long lines, uh, high prices, uh, everything about it was just negative. Yeah, and, and it always irks me, man. It's it's one of those things that I always think about when when we go to plan the show and I say, all right, this venue costs this this fuck ton of money, and then you got to spend it all on this stuff, and then of course you get celebrities that want to get paid, and you've got artists that want free tables that have actually you know done some stuff or. Whatever. I mean, I, I feel like everybody should get a free table, but at the same time, you know, business is business. Mm -hmm. And you're, Vermont Comic Con will only live if I can live in budget. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, the the hard part is when you when you tell somebody like, hey, you know, <laughs> sorry, I can't use you. You know, or you you tell these people like, hey, I I need the money for the table. It's it's a tough business because there's a lot of passion in this business. You know, you see art. You see, uh, you talk to people, you, you make friends, and you go, you know, people want tables, they want press passes, they want this, and which is great. We give away a lot, but it's so hard to keep a fine line between success and failure due to the fact of costs, business wise and otherwise. Uh, it's really tough, and walking that fine line over the last three years taught me a lot personally, and um, that's that's why we we have the show we do. I mean, we've got a great staff. I'll put them against anybody. Uh, we've got great content. I mean, where else you see comic psychotherapy? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a terrific thing to have. We've got, uh, I mean, I'm in a panel this year. I've, I don't think I've ever done a panel in my life. You know, I've, I wrote a comic book and they want me on a panel and um, maybe Johnny sees Kiss My Ass a little bit, but uh, whatever, I'll do it. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of fun. But I, I just want people to, to really, when they see Vermont Comic Con, not think of Comic Con at all. I mean, yes, it's, in the, it's the namesake and it's a state con. Um, but what I really want them to know is that they can come have an experience and be, be in a, basically a safe environment um, th that has a whole lot of value. I mean, this year you can't see everything, which is a new thing for us. Um, we have so much programming going on in workshops, two panel rooms, the, the different floors and the different rooms that you're not going to be able to see everything, but you can experience what you want to. We've got a great schedule and a lot of things going on, including Pokemon Go and all sorts of great things. Yeah, I saw once that blew up that you guys immediately jumped on it and uh, facilitated people who may want to play there and encouraged it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a geek thing. I mean, you know... Oh, I, I, I play. It's fine. I'm like, you know, <laughs> reaching level 24, and I live in the middle of nowhere, so I, I get, you know, Pidgeys and Weedles all day long, but, and no, there's no gyms or Pokestops for at least five miles where I live. <laughs> so it's tough to first, be level... First one. world problems. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> What team are you guys? Just out of curiosity. Uh, blue, Mystic. Yeah, me too. Right on. Nice. No, I spent this. I spent this past weekend. Uh, I'm sure you know uh, Armin and Shay. Um, a couple of really good friends of mine. Some of my best friends, and uh, we went out and just ruled Church Street and in the name of Mystic, and then nice. hung up posters at the same time. Made a good group. Uh, 
group outing, you know, just hanging out, catching Pokemon and handing out posters and postcards. But people are, it's weird. I go around town now and people actually know who the hell I am, It's which is amazing because I don't expect anybody to remember me. Um, yeah, for anyone listening, he does have a face and it's often <laughs> on TV or on his website, uh, VermontComicCon.com, yep. uh, where you can actually, oh, it's actually VTComicCon.com. Where you can yes. go and see all these guests, uh, you can order tickets. There's dates. There's a, a handy little map showing where the Sheraton Hotel is. Uh, every bit of info you would need is there, including his face. Yeah, and I, I want to give a challenge to everybody. You know, I want everybody to challenge me. You know, and, and say, hey, you know, I'm going to ask them what can I do next year to evolve this just a little bit more. What's something you want to see? I mean, we have we, we're having new stuff this year, like the TARDIS. It's Vermont built, uh, built by Jesse Whitaker, Death by Cosplay, a real good friend. Um, and it's amazing. It's 11 feet tall or so, five feet by five feet. It lights up. It makes. It has noises. It's, nice. It's the real deal. And uh, you know, I, I think having everything I could possibly have that is from Vermont at the show is my goal. I mean, Ben and Jerry's. Everybody knows that. Burton. People know that. I love the companies. <clears throat> I I've never snowboarded, but could kill myself. But uh, you know, Ben and Jerry's is great. Love love the beers of Vermont. Uh, but the things that people don't see every day is what I want to have at the show. I want I want people to have access and resources once they leave the convention, so they can Comic Con all year long. Once they know how, you know they'll they'll read more comics, they'll take an art class, they'll help a charity, maybe donate some time at a soup kitchen or at Blood at the Red Cross. Um, it, I just want everybody to have a different opinion of Vermont Comic Con than just a Comic Con. I think that's the best thing I can say about it. Fair enough. That sounds I, good. I, I think it's absolutely, uh, it can be seen. We felt that last year. We felt like we were part of something, uh, you know, we really appreciate the invite back once again. And actually, I think we might have our uh, new fifth question uh, this time. Instead of how people feel about Vermont Comic Con, we can say, yes. uh, what do you want next year out of Comic Con? We'll, uh, we'll yeah, make sure to share those. Please, please, please don't let them say Robert Downey Jr. or the cast of The Walking <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll overdub well, that. I mean, they can ask. <laughs> yeah. I, I can set the record straight um, because I get this email every other day. Uh, <laughs> and for people listening to the show, they're probably already educated on this enough, but I'm going to say it anyway. You know, for the people that want a Kevin Smith or, uh, you know, a, a Robert Downey Jr. or cast of The Walking Dead, let me just tell you one thing. I'm, I'm a real blue-collar guy. You know, I'll drink with you. I'll hang with you, you know, I'll defend you, that kind of thing. Very old school. However, <laughs> celebrities cost a lot of money. <clears throat> now, unless if I if I charge you $800 a ticket, $500 a ticket, charge artists and vendors $400 a table, I can make that happen. But I'll tell you, your family's going to go and hawk if you if you come and see Robert Downey Jr., not only are you paying for the ticket, you're paying for the autograph or the photo op. I mean, just to see a Burt Reynolds, at, you know, at, at Megafest was I think three hundred dollars, um, plus the the ticket was like what sixty seventy bucks. Yep. So and then you're traveling, you're eating. So enough with the question. I, I appreciate them, and I would love to have Robert Downey Jr. on my show. <laughs> Let me tell you one thing. First of all, he never do it. He doesn't know who the hell I am. Um, he also is about two million a day, I believe. Yeah, and but if you had well, every attendee bring a gram of Coke with them and you collected right. it into one <laughs> big pile. I'm a, I'm a uh, shareholder of Wizard, a stockholder, right? Just you got to keep some of your competition in your pocket. And <laughs> when they lose $15 million or whatever it was last year, you know, there's a reason for that. And the reason is not because of tickets. It's because, uh, in my opinion, purely because they, they won't ever tell you. Uh, when you book, there's, there's cons even in New England that book, you know, 80 celebrities, 
you know, what is what does a fan get out of that besides a scribble on a piece of paper? With the crowds they have, you're not getting an experience. You can't talk to them a right. whole lot. Yeah, maybe, it's, maybe it's 10 seconds, maybe 30 four, seconds. 14 seconds, yeah. Right, and then you're paying for a photo. You're paying for an autograph. You're paying for that. What's the vendor getting? What's the artist that are, that are drawing their characters getting? You know, they're getting nothing. Yeah. They lose. And they should be the highlight. Yeah. Exactly. And, it, and it's not even that so much, Scott. It's more like um, just leveling the playing field so everybody gets a fair crack. Sure. You know? My job is to bring in the crowds, provide the content, the venue, uh, and once the crowd comes in, it's the vendors and artists' turn to sell. You know, we could have ten thousand people, and one artist makes nothing. They could not be at their table. I don't know, but I've never, I've never heard of a story of anybody coming to Vermont Comic Con tabling, and not had a fair shot at selling and did, you know, didn't do well. I mean, our our cookie vendor made two or three thousand last year. I mean, and they were upstairs. So I mean, you have to know how to sell, which is great, but it's more or less you have to. The game can't be, I guess, rigged or cheated to begin with because if you're if you guys if you guys are going to a con and it's a big con, you're paying three hundred dollars for the weekend passes, what have you. So you're already down three hundred. You're gonna pay another hundred and fifty for an autograph, maybe fifty for a picture. So you're down to five hundred dollars. So you're, you, the average person makes that in a week. You know they have bills to pay. They've got car payments, kids to feed, etc. And you know clothes, dates. You know you gotta bring some girl out or whatever. Great. So that five hundred's gone. Maybe you're paying rent a month late. You know why? Why would why would you want that experience in your life? I mean, it's it destroys everything that you should stand for. So yeah. when you come to Vermont, you want to spend the weekend, forty bucks, man, and autographs are no more than like twenty, thirty bucks tops ever that we've had at the show. Um, and you might end up downtown singing karaoke with uh, Brian O'Halloran and Scott Schiaffo for all you know. Fair. Like that's honestly, fair. like you talk about access to people. I mean, yes. you can go hang out and talk, and they love it. You know, like we they, can talk after parties. We just yeah. announced. Them. I, yeah, absolutely. I would actually love to hear a little bit about that. Where uh, is two, the after party this year? There's great two. venues that I've uh, I've made recent contacts with, and I do enjoy quite a bit. Um, you know. Uh, the higher ground is our is one of our after parties. It's a ticketed event. It's twelve dollars at the door, ten in advance. Which is right down we, the right down the street. So. It's literally a hop, skip, and a jump yeah. away from the Sheraton. Um, we've got the Green Mountain Cabaret performing a, a nerdlesque kind of burlesque. It's eighteen plus people, so just let you know that one is eighteen plus. Uh, we've got uh, DJ Tom from Geek Culture Podcast doing the uh, doing the DJing for the night. We got celebrity karaoke, of course, because that's become a staple of Vermont. Comic-Con. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Celebrities come by and they just sing their guts out. I mean, Brian was great last year. He's definitely one of my favorites. And uh, so we've got um, Vermont Comic Con Ale on sale everywhere, especially at that show. Uh, and even at our other place, the Archives, which is free to get in. Video games, you can hang out with Jeremy London and play video games. Yeah, the Archives is a uh, is a barcade for those of you it who is. don't know. It's yeah. a barcade right off Church Street. Um, we'll have a couple celebrities, celebrities there, including Jeremy London. Um, and of course, do yourself a favor. Do me a favor because I want it in every store and every place everywhere. Magic Hat was nice enough to make Vermont Comic Con Ale this year, um, and we're really trying to keep it a, a staple that'll be in many stores and bars and things like that. So we've got it on special at both after parties and at the Sheraton. Um, so for those who like to party, I mean, rumor has it I might be at the after party. I don't after party as a rule, um, but I promised my folks that if we go above a certain amount of tickets or, or we have the right celebrity does that, I may sing with them. I don't know. Um, so All there's right. a lot. Of, my staff is really challenging me to be more of a social butterfly. And I, oh man, introvert. That's like an introvert's hell. But at the same time, dude, it, it, uh, it could be for the right reason, man. 
Yeah, we'll, you know, we'll drag you out. Yeah, we'll make I'm, it work. I'm, I'm planning it's up. Up. I mean, I should be the one celebrating all this stuff, but I'm, dude, I'm working. <laughs> no, you're you're exhausted too. I remember like you're you're happy it's going off so well, but you're you're exhausted about it. So it's uh, it, and I totally understand that. I feel like I feel like yelling at people like you guys think this is fun, but I'm freaking working here, man. You know, I got to make sure things are solid. Yeah, I mean, I I think because uh, uh, I'm a, a crazy introvert myself, and damn it, I'm planning on going to the after parties. So you know, I would I would love to be able to see you at one of those. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll probably stop by both. I'll probably stop by. Okay, both. I, 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 I've got so much love for these venues, and they've really they've really kicked some ass in, in making them happen. Um, you know, Maddie and Nate, all the Matts and Nates is like two of each at the archive. <laughs> um, uh, they, they've been phenomenal at welcoming us, and they're a great new business. Um, you know, me and her crew over at Higher Ground have been great. Um, just really, really kicking the after parties up a notch. I mean, first year we had it at a, a sports grill. Just, you know, whoever wanted to show up, great, show up and eat, drink, whatever. Um, because, you know, when you when you first have your kid, I don't know how many kids you guys have. I got three. The, when you have your first kid, you're kind of cradling it the whole time and holding it, make sure nobody's going to drop it. You're real precious with it, but you don't plan a whole lot ahead because you don't know better. Um, so that was year one. Year two, like, all right, now you can go out in the world. You can do something with yourself. And now we're just kicking at high speed, man. We've got a couple after parties, and I heard some other places people are hanging out. Celebrities involved the after parties, as always. And, um, and that's, that's just a tribute to the people we have at Vermont Comic Con. I mean, our celebrities are handpicked because of who they are, not really somewhat of what they do. They've got to be recognizable, whatever, but uh, we get good people. I mean, these are the people that want to be social, that love their fans, that are not divas, yeah. so to speak. You know, I'm the only diva allowed that show. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Well, uh, uh, I, I mean, I definitely look forward to seeing you at the, not just the Comic-Con, but uh, you've already promised on air. Uh, I'll, I'll call it a promise that you're going to be out at, uh, maybe I, I, Will, you'll make an appearance. I think swear you're right here. Is there anything uh, you want to say about the Comic-Con before we, uh, we're going to ask you th- uh, like three random, random ass questions just to have some fun. Is there anything you want to leave us on uh, w- w- as far as co- uh, Comic-Con before we go into those? Sure. Yep. VTComicCon.com. It's August 27th, 28th at the Sheraton Hotel and Conference Center in Burlington, Vermont. Uh, tickets are available online and should be available at the door, but we prefer you buy them online to reserve your spot. Uh, get there early. We, have, we usually have good lines. Um, and thank you, Vermont. Thank you, Vermont and surrounding places. All right. And without right. any further ado, we're going to jump right into three questions. And these are actually taken from an old interview we did last year at Dino Stamatopoulos. Uh, people may know him from Mora Oral, and he was actually denied, what is it, an Emmy this year for Anomalisa? Uh, his, yeah, it's a little his, too bad. He's, his studio uh, made that movie. He, and he's also like Star, Starburns Industries, if you watch Community ever. He's Starburns and Community, but he has Starburns Industries. Amazing. Anyway, so he answered these three questions. I don't remember what his answers were, but we're going to ask I'm, Jay Bolton. You know, what kind of underwear do you wear? Because that'd disappoint the crowd. Well, <laughs> let's start with number one. Which Muppet would you consider the most fuckable? Oh, dude, Janice, man. Janice. I think that's what he said. I think that's what he said, yeah, yeah. Is it just because it's no, the only girl Miss Muppet you can think of? Miss um, Piggy's got way too much of an attitude. Yeah, you know? yeah. And then there's uh, Camilla, who's just a chicken, man. Yeah. Cookie Monster has a deep throat from the way I can tell. Yeah, but, yeah, it's true. Well, I don't know. But he, that's, Janice could hook you up with some strange drugs, man, and yeah. you'd be good. Uh, she could jam out. It'll make, then, it'll make your felt stand on end. 
Yeah, man. Oh, <laughs> I, I I do remember. Okay, first of all, I also think Cookie Monster would chew your dick apart. You see, like the pieces of fucking oh, cookies true. all over the place. See how I answer the question though. It's it's almost like, oh man, I already know this question. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I do. I, if I recall, we actually tried to get uh, Dino to talk about how he would like to get Gonzo's <laughs> dick up or uh, Gonzo's nose up his asshole. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, you should ask these questions to Bill Diamond. He'll be at the show. He's a puppeteer. <laughs> yes. Now, Dino worked on the show Community, uh, so this was geared more towards him, but Community is about college. What's the strangest thing you've ever done on a campus? Um. Oh, God. <laughs> What's the statute of limitations? <laughs> Seven years? I think you're uh, safe. No we, we, could just, we could just have a long beep right here. Beep! And then I was done, yeah. There was a police station. All right, I'll be clean about this. Not clean as and I'll come clean. I won't be clean about it. Okay. There was a police station, like literally on campus when I went to college. Um, we thought it'd be a real good idea to get wasted and bring an old school Polaroid instant camera in there with us. And we still got the picture somewhere. I'm, I'm not sure who has it, but they could sell it for a few bucks online on eBay for listening. Because I'm sure you all are. Uh, um, so we just tried to just drop trout and take a picture right in the police station. I mean, it, <laughs> it was, and dude, we were. We, I mean, I don't even remember the night. We were, and, and you didn't hey, get caught. I, I, I could go for some sexcapade stories, but I mean, I think that one's the most ballsy out of all of them because oh, they were like, yeah. legit, you know, uh, donuts in their hands and looking. I was like, what the hell are you guys doing? You know, and, and we're just and, laughing. We're like holding <laughs> beer in a police station, <laughs> eating in a police station, uh, and just no clothes. Oh, dude, that's all. Like no so arrests. I, that's the one that, no, that's the one that comes to, to mind when you say college. Yeah, well, that's good. I, I like that you, you chose one that's a little more original. Because, yeah, the sex debate ones, you're like, okay, you just see that in American I mean, you totally, know, pie man. movie. I mean, that, that happens everywhere. Yeah. It's like, you know, I, I, could, I could either go American Pie or Animal House, right? There. Yeah, all right, yeah. You, you, you chose right. All right, we got the last question here. What you got, Scott? Uh, I'm pouring through his to see what's most applicable here. Uh, if you had to live your the rest of your life as a fictional character, who would it be? Um, let's see. Fictional character. Wow. I mean, this is that's loaded, man. It's pretty broad. Yeah, no, there's a lot of fictional characters and, and a lot of cool ones. And I don't know. You know, I think I'd pick my all-time favorite comic hero. I'd pick The Shadow. And for a couple of reasons. One, he's rich, which is phenomenal. That's great. Um, he also can kind of uh, use the old Jedi mind trick on people. So, I mean, you, you walk into a bar. You're rich anyway, so every, almost every girl will you. But you're gonna get that one that you can just can't ever catch, and then you just go, "Yes, you will go home with me." Like, yes, door <laughs> pleasures is in the <laughs> that's on the menu. But you can do anything you want. I mean, you can walk into a bank. That's probably why he's rich. And be like, "Yes, give me all your money." I was just thinking that like, he doesn't pay for anything. Yeah, I, would, I mean, I, I would just be like, "Vermont, come to Vermont Comic." I'd be lame. I'd be like the worst shadow ever. Like, please come to Vermont. <laughs> it's already sold out. You know, like, you know, people are already there, like, waiting for, like, two hours in line. You're still be like, please come to Vermont. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, see, I would be the most lame superhero ever because I'd use, I'd be like, go get me a cappuccino. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's just practical. I mean, that's okay? douchiest uh, wishes, you know, not like, oh, I'm going to go get that Camaro or something. It's, you know, I want a cappuccino. I'm very simple, like. I'm going to sneak out of here for five minutes and go smoke a cigarette or something. You know? <laughs> you just do stuff that you yeah, wanted to do? You'd yeah. be the biggest asshole superhero. I would be the one you would not want to watch on TV. <laughs> well, I do I do like the fact that you... Uh, I, here's the thing that I could tell. If you had all those powers of the shadow, I guarantee you would still be putting Vermont Comic Con on and it would still be just as awesome as it is today because you care about well, the people, you care about the uh, the impression well, people have of that's, it. That's the main thing, man. That's, that's the question I was asked a lot. 
what would you do if you won the lottery? Because I, I play actually twice a week and it's just like a dollar each or two dollars each time. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's an old habit. I'm from Mass. I'm a Mass hole to begin with. And everybody there gets the Dunkins and plays the lottery and gets the scratch tickets and shit like that. But no, nah, I mean, it's kind of an old habit. My grandfather taught me like bet on the horses, do this stuff. So I go spend like three or four bucks a week on lottery. And I and if I won, like especially that, what was it? Like a billion dollars I had this oh, year? Oh, yeah. It's insane. Oh, God. I had me wet myself. Yeah, for the, co- uh, for the cost of a cup of coffee, you're taking a zero chance of being a millionaire and turning exactly. it into a... Slightly it, bigger you, than zero chance. Dream though. <laughs> yeah. You someone has dream. to win. Once you buy a ticket, you'll start dreaming. If you're good enough at the lottery, where you accept it for what it is, which is you said a zero chance, pretty much that's what it is. But it gives you a chance to dream. Like, what kind of person would I be? Yeah. What would I do? And my number one thing was, I just I would do Vermont Comic Con. I just wouldn't worry about the finances. Yeah, you know? yeah. It'd be like full time. Get Robert Downey Jr. Still, I want to keep the same yeah. experience. Yeah, but you'd limit it still to five thousand people. I, th- I think I would actually spend um, money on a house in Vermont. <laughs> you know, I would hang out there. I get a lot of friends there. It's a great community. And trust me, man, I've, I've lived all over the world. I've lived in Egypt for a couple of years. I've lived everywhere. Um, and dude, Vermont's where it's at. Nice. Well, right, that, well that's actually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say that that was that was a great way to end it. Is Vermont's where it's at? I was gonna say uh, that's a that's a great way to end this interview with Jay Moulton well, dude, from I'm, Vermont Comic Con. I've got, I've got I've got so many bones broken in my life and arthritis and crap. I'm like, <laughs> winter kills me, man. I hibernate. But, you know, I mean, hell, I'll hang out at a ski lodge and drink beers with Vermonters any day. Yeah, yeah, that's a sport. Yeah. <laughs> drink sports? Oh, God. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially in Vermont, man. We love our yeah, beer. I get gold medal and that stuff. Yeah, we're getting good at whiskey, too, now, actually. we got a lot of Vermont whiskeys coming out. So Maybe I'll get a brand of that next year. Yeah. I definitely should get some whiskey made. Yeah, yeah. Talk to like Smugs or something like that. One of those like local local places that'll put your yeah. Put your it's label crazy, on. man. I've I've seen so much of Vermont in the last year more than I have in the two years previous. I'm telling you, I there's never a place I've been that I'm so much in love with. It's the people are amazing, and I think that's it's not even it's not even the trees, it's not even the mountains. They're they're wonderful. The nature's great up there. Uh, you know, the buildings are wonderful. A lot of history, but it's the people, man. Like the more I meet, the more I love, and that's. Um, you heard it here it's, first. Jay loves people more than trees. It's true. <laughs> it's got to be a big controversy. Anyway, but, we'll no, discuss I mean, this it, further when we're in yeah, person. Totally, like a lot of restaurants and a lot of mm-hmm. different foods, a lot of different things. I've become a huge fan of poutine, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they keep, it, they keep shipping that illegally over the border. We're trying to stop it. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have border guards That's a Montreal doing thing, man. Duty. We were just like, cut it out with the illegal poutine, man. They're you know, cut. Yeah. When, you, when you guys take trips, like when you go to New York, you think, oh, you have Statue of Liberty, blah, blah, blah. Or you, th- you think, you know, Florida, I want to go to Disney. Vermont, um, I just think, dude, hanging out with people, man. That's Yeah. yeah. Screw it. I mean, that's that's the reason I go up there is, you know, make connections. Make, I used to make connections for business purposes. Now I just make a lot of friends, and I have a great time. Well, as a, uh, as a fourth-generation Vermonter, I want to say uh, you're absolutely welcome here. Flatlander or not, we love you, and uh, please keep coming back and doing Vermont Comic Con. So, uh, uh, so we can also keep doing Vermont Comic Con because we love it as well. Uh, Jay Moulton, thank you so much for being on the show once again. You're a great friend of the podcast. You have been uh, since pretty much day one, and us day one of the uh, of your Vermont Comic Con. Love the uh, interaction, and can't wait to see you. Thank you guys. Love your show, man. Love you guys. All right. Thank you very much. Wow, wasn't that a great interview with Jason Moulton? Beautiful. He is a looker. We had him on Skype, and that man can crush Oh, man. I, uh, you know, the first thing I do when I get to that Comic-Con, I'm going to fuck his face. 
Yeah, you know what? I, I think I think I, I'm gonna get dirty seconds after you. I think when you're done, fucking all right, you're gonna space, get. I'm gonna fucking you're space gonna, right you're, after. You're gonna get. You're gonna get double fucks. All right, good. All right, Jay. Uh, Jay, man, you you heard I, I it here first. I, I believe getting uh, <laughs> getting to fuck Jay Moulton in the face second is called a reverse Moulton. Is that yeah? It's a it's a dirty Moulton actually. A, well, call, the yeah. dirty Moulton's the first face fucking. Is that it? Okay. When, okay. when you then spin him around, then it's the re- and make the reverse. him face fuck again. <laughs> <laughs> that is the reverse Moulton. He spit his cum out. Now, fucking, oh my god. Sorry, Jay, but uh, we enjoyed the interview and honestly, <laughs> really did. and honestly, Jay also. Uh, d- 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 to be fair, Jay said we don't have to censor anything whatsoever around that guy. So, uh, which is why one of the reasons we fucking love him and his con so much. So we'll be selling vials of uh, Jay Moulton's semen uh, at our table. We got so much of it, dude. We uh, twenty dollars <laughs> if you want a baby who can run a con. Who doesn't? Or if you just want to drink cum, I mean, fuck. Well, also you might come for half that price. All right, now, um, before we leave you this week, uh, it's been a while since actually we've mentioned that if you're a listener of the show and you appreciate what we do and you really like us, um, we always appreciate getting five-star reviews on iTunes. Um, The Google Play Store opened as well, and I'm not sure how they deal with reviewings, but Um, we are on the Google Play Store, so we'll try to figure out how reviews work there. And if if you want to leave one, we'll we'll find find it eventually. But uh, for now, we'll read it. For now, we, uh, we like iTunes. That's where we started. Uh, most of our listenership does come from Apple iTunes. Um, so leave us a five-star review there. Let us know what you think about the show. Uh, here are two five-star reviews that were just left for us. Um, the first one is entitled The 313 Live Show on Podcast by uh, El Hiraya. I, I 313 LS. I'm guessing there is I a... I hear you 313 LS. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, guessing that was there confusing. Is, I'm guessing there is a 313 Live Show that we need to uh, shout probably, out. Probably go yeah. shout out and listen yeah. to, yeah. So, uh, very entertaining. Keep up the good work. And uh, thank you very much for leaving that. That was a five-star review. There's one more, too. Yeah. Uh, uh, this one This one is actually uh, from Mississippi Cricket from August 13th, uh, titled Funny Podcast. Five stars. Nothing is lost in translation with this podcast, especially the humor. Funny viewpoints on topics that run the gamut. Thank you very much, Mississippi Cricket. Really appreciate it. Hey, do you want to maybe, I don't know, say something really fucking awesome about what's coming? Yeah, next week we have a great interview. I mean, not that Jay wasn't great, but... Uh, no, no, he was awesome. He, he like, fucking amazing. But, but next ha- week we're, we, we have ever, another one. Has anyone know? ever seen Evil Dead, uh, Army of Darkness, uh, the Evil Dead remake? I mean, are you a fan of the Ash series? versus the Evil Dead Wow, you had to go and say it wrong, didn't you? <laughs> I didn't you? say it wrong on purpose. Ash versus Evil Dead, yes. Yeah, the TV show on Stars, which came out this that's, past That's an October. inside joke piece uh, like for, for everybody out there. It is Ash versus Evil Dead. Which is, by the way, amazing. It holds true to Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, uh, It's got Army Bruce fucking Darkness. Campbell in it. Bruce Campbell is the shit, and his sidekicks in the show are an amazing array of people. Yeah, including, what's his name? Um, oh, who's that amazing that guy? that amazing who, who, guy? Who you mean like Deadites. the second in command? pretty much um, the, the guy who's uh, his Ray Robin. Santiago Ray Santiago from Ash vs. Evil Dead will be on the show next week to tell us all about what it's I'm like to so work so excited yes <laughs> he's gonna tell us all about what it's like to work with Bruce Campbell what it's like to be on the set of an Evil Dead TV fucking show to, to, and to, maybe like, to give to us like, a few to, tidbits about this upcoming season to imagine like to, to, okay good yes there is an upcoming season but also just to know like what would what is it like to be part of something that's all Almost a reboot, but better than a oh, reboot. Oh, God, no, because, it's a sequel. No, it's a because it's a sequel. sequel. That's what I mean. It's like, 
but it's a reboot sequel, you know, like where you have like no. because there's always been a reboot. There, no. there has been. No. And now all of a sudden they're no no just fucking listen like no. What I'm saying is, no. what is it like to be part of something that is so no. cult loved that you you feel like I, I you know what actually save it for the sh- save it for the interview. Yeah, yeah, there, we're we're gonna have fun with this one. So tune in next week if you want to hear Ray Santiago talk to the Lost Zone podcast about Ash versus Evil Dead and what it's like to be part of history. Until then, later, and enjoy this surprise ending to our show. We are here with Oliver Kronikfeld, uh, author of the new book, Flatlander, uh, which I actually got to take uh, kind of a, a preview around uh, bits and pieces of it, namely some illustrations last year at Vermont Comic-Con. He is back this year at Vermont Comic-Con with an actual full, fleshed-out, printed copy. Excited to see that. Uh, first of all, I just wanted to welcome you to the show, Oliver. Thank you so much for having me, Jeremiah. Honestly, it's an honor, and uh, look forward to talking with you and being at Comic-Con. Yeah, uh, and uh, speaking of Comic-Con and uh, this book, Flatlander, I've been talking about, um, why don't you, uh, before we go into some of the Comic-Con specifics, uh, I did get a chance to read you know, uh, some blurbs that you sent me on the background of the book and stuff like that. I'm looking forward to checking it out, and it's full. Uh, but why don't you give the uh, listeners a little bit of background about what exactly Flatlander is, what it's about, and uh, how you got into the idea of writing this. Yeah, sure. Um, I came up with the idea in about November 2012, and um, it, it's about a, a guy who wakes up in the state of Vermont. It's it's roughly 100 years in the future, uh, actually about 80-plus years in the future. Um, no, excuse me, a little, a little under 100. Sorry, I'm getting my dates wrong. And um, he wakes up with amnesia, and he kind of walks into this uh, very different uh, magical world. It's kind of supposed to be... Uh, it, at this point, it's a sovereign republic. It's it's seceded from the rest of the country uh, generations ago, and it's kind of catered in its own you know independence that's been developed for years, even before uh, what, what's referred to as the fall of the old country, 2030. Uh, anyways, through a series of events, and he he meets up with a, a couple people, including the leader of of Vermont, and they put him on. Uh, a series of quests to kind of better the overall republic. Uh, that's what it's called at this point is the republic. And uh, if he successfully completes them, he earns his citizenship. Um, if he doesn't, he you know is either escorted uh, home, wherever home may be, or, or just booted out. Um, so it's kind of it, it's throughout the story. It bits and pieces of his memory kind of come back to him. Uh, he, he's kind of forming his own identity. Uh, he's, he's piecing together who he once was, but at the same time, he's kind of put through these kind of meant to be somewhat funny and satirical quests. Uh, you know, and it's, it's all meant to be kind of a fun story. It's not meant to be taken too seriously. So I try to have fun with it. And there's a bunch of illustrations from uh, Sam Balling. Um, I probably did a pretty crappy job just explaining it, but... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, actually, that uh, gives me a little insight, and I was actually going to ask you, um, you did mention it's a, it's a fun story, so that kind of gives me a little bit of a of an idea, but just, um, you know, how you would... Uh, you know, it's tough to classify your own work and stuff like that when you put a lot of time, you get so close to it, but, you know, kind of, uh, I guess, genre-wise or feel or atmosphere, how you would kind of classify this. I mean, I hate to compare anything to, 
like Monty Python because I hold those guys in extremely high esteem, and I don't think it touches that uh, that quality or level of, of humor. But I, I mean, I like to think it's kind of a mishmash of like you know Monty Python, uh, a little bit of Game of Thrones, a little bit of there's some kind of Star Wars uh, esque moments. Uh, and then there's, you know, a, a, a few scenes that ha- are heavily based off of kind of, you know, or influenced by some famous uh, tales like uh, Sleepy Hollow or The Sword in the Stone, things like that. So, I, you know, I make some subtle references, some not-so-subtle references, but a lot of it's kind of influenced by, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of sci-fi and fantasy myself, so a number of books and movies that have played an integral role in my life and you know, obviously, I try to make it kind of light, light and uh, funny. And I think a lot of people, especially in and around Vermont, will pick up on a number of references, <laughs> probably more so than than the the average reader. I would I would say. Right, and uh, so you mentioned some, uh, you know, some of the, uh, you know, movies and you know, possibly books and stuff that uh, have kind of inspired you. Uh, what are some of your like specific writing influences, or, or did you actually have many coming into this? Um, I, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Tolkien. Uh, I think George R. R. Martin, both those guys are absolute geniuses. Uh, you know what? I, I also really, I like Stephen King's Dark Tower series. I like Asimov, um, you know, Frank Herbert's Dune. Uh, you know, there's not one, any particular author that, that influences me, but I like, uh, you know, Neil Gaiman, the Sandman series. I'm a big fan of ga- graphic novels. Uh, you know, my, I think my first, kind of dive into sci-fi were a number of the Star Wars novels in middle school and um, I kind of branched out in fantasy and even though they're they're two very different genres in a lot of regards I I, I think they're I respect both of them and I think uh, they're both creative so I kind of borrow elements from both um, but at the same time I just wanted it to, to, to have kind of a humorous feel to it so <laughs> I hope I I hope I got that in. Well, and uh, and and going to the uh, kind of the graphic novel side of it, and you already mentioned uh, Sam Balling's artwork. Uh, that's the part of it I did get to see at last year's Comic Con. Was I ended up with uh, a set of three prints of gorgeous artwork uh, throughout that actually you know definitely made me curious about the book, but also just made me really appreciate the artwork. Um, going into this, did you plan on it uh, initially back in 2012 when you first kind of brainstormed and thought about uh, putting this together that it was going to be heavily illustrated, or did that kind of take off when you realized you kind of needed this uh, visual component. That, that's a great point. I, I had had another illustrator commit, uh, Will Barker, um, and he uh, he was actually a former lineman in the NFL, <laughs> and actually and a, and a really talented artist. But he, uh, you know, I think at that point the the project was young. I don't think I developed enough, in all fairness to Will, and he moved to Colorado. Um, I, I love Sam's art as well. Uh, I had I, I had kind of this vision that I wanted a bit of a retro feel. I always liked those old, like you know, magazines or, or you know, sci-fi magazines from way back in the day uh, that had a lot of really cool kind of retro illustrations, and um, and I and I kind of wanted uh, something with a similar feel. My original concept uh, had it being a lot more illustration friendly, almost to the point of being a your your traditional graphic novel. But um, I kind of decided to, you know, as the, as the writing fleshed itself out, it, it, you know, 
it wasn't quite as illustration heavy, but it still got 33, you know, nice illustrations in the text and a pretty cool cover. And, you know, Sam's a really talented guy. He's got a very unique eye. And I'm, you know, very happy to collaborate with him. He, he came up with a lot of the ideas. Um, and we, we would talk about them before deciding on them. So, Well, that was uh, my next question, actually, is, uh, you know, when it came to actually choosing, I mean, when you've got a long, uh, you know, large full manuscript and you've got to just choose, uh, you know, while 33 is definitely a healthy number of illustrations, it still pales in comparison to the amount of content in a, a full-length book. Um, how do you choose, uh, you know, the the elements to actually have illustrated or the feels to have illustrated? Was that something you worked with Sam on, or did you kind of have an idea of these are the points in the story I want to really, you know, get out there visually? Um, basically, I gave a list of illustrations that I had in mind to Sam with the description of what I, like a, a kind of a, in some cases, pretty specific, but in other cases, vague idea of what I wanted to convey. Um, and, and Sam would uh, try as many of them as he did, and, and he did do a lot of them, and, but some others he said, ah, you know what, I think maybe we should go this way. And uh, being that Sam is, a real artist and I'm just, you know, putting the ideas out. I, you know, I, nine times out of 10, I trusted or more than that. I trusted his opinion and we kind of talked about it and, uh, and went with it. I kind of made it clear early on with me and him that it was a, it was a collaboration. It wasn't, you know, me dictating to him everything he needs to do. It was like, you know, if he had any ideas, we, we talk about it. And, 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 and in several cases, his ideas trumped mine, I think. So, you know, it was interesting having that, those discussions, but, you know, for the most part, a lot of the big, the big ones suck, you know, and, and I'm half really happy how they came out. Well, uh, going to the, uh, you know, con specifically, uh, I mentioned that last year I ended up with the, the uh, print set of three of those, um, from last year before the book was actually, uh, <coughs> excuse me, uh, completed in its form that it's in now. Uh, what can we expect out of, out of this con? I know it looks like you've got actual full hard copies to sell, um, at the very least. Um, right now I'm planning, I've got 70 signed or soon to be signed copies of the book that should be shipped to me by, I'm, I'm guessing either next Tuesday or Wednesday before the con. Um, so I'll have a number of copies on hand, um, to sign for anyone and I'll be selling prints included with that, uh, for 25 bucks, everything inclusive. Um, and there's a small chance, hopefully I can get some some uh, book stubs, which are basically e-reader e files. Mm -hmm. If not, I'll, I'll have something. I want it to be kind of a fun little booth, uh, you know, on top of just books. I want it to be a place where people can just chat and have a good time and, and I get to meet people. It's one of the highlights of last year, so just meeting and making new new friends and fans. So it was, uh, so at the very least, there will be books and prints there, and, and I'm working on some other potential stuff. <laughs> Yeah, though, that's awesome, and you, you kind of hit the nail on the head with the, I mean, that's kind of the overall atmosphere of Vermont Comic Con that I got out of it, and we actually talked to uh, uh, Jay before about that as well, um, just about how, uh, you know, kind of positive the atmosphere is, and it just feel it doesn't feel like a big con, it feels like you can kind of stop, stop and chat with any of the artists, any of the any of the vendors, and you're actually getting listened to. So it's it's great that you're there again to hopefully pick up some more fans and uh, and pick up some more folks to listen to you. Oh, big time! You know, some of some of the fans I met there donated a lot to the Kickstarter that that eventually I purchased the publishing package with. So they were critical, critical uh, component of uh, the, of publishing this book. 
And, you know, in, in one case, I talked to a fan for literally almost an hour and a half, or at least an hour, and he was asking any conceivable question about the world that I kind of created. <laughs> and it was, it was amazing because it kind of got me, th- you know, thinking a lot. And, uh, you know, by the end of it, I just remember saying, oh, man, this is, this is really cool, you know. Like, it's very rare that I get to even think about this stuff, let alone talk about it for an hour with someone who's genuinely, you know, curious and uh, and engaged in a, in a good conversation. So I was, I don't know, I was, I was just really blown away with a, a lot of fans and friends that I had met there. So I'm looking forward to it. Well, and uh, and actually that kind of brings up a, an interesting question. I uh, Mentioning that, uh, just kind of how, you know, when you were actually writing this, you kind of create the world like uh, dynamically as you were writing as needed, or did you actually go in? I know you mentioned uh, Tolkien, um, you know, who would meticulously lay out just about every element of a world uh, beforehand. And of course, uh, George R. R. Martin does something pretty similar, where these worlds are vast and you know, right down to the granular details that don't even make it in the book, just to kind of get backstory. Um, how how uh, much of that did you have going into it, and how much kind of uh, either changed or was created on the fly? Kind of a little bit of both. You know, you try to lay out as much as you can prior to writing it, but but so much gets fleshed out as you think about it and write about other things. So, you know, I, I tried at times, I know it, it, it seems at times probably in the book that it. I try not to let it bog down the actual narrative, but, um, you know, it was also important uh, early on to convey kind of uh, the world and, uh, describe it. You know, I hope I did a, a job of not bogging down the actual kind of flow and narrative. But yeah, throughout the course of writing it, you know, I just I I have an, an idea. I travel to some part of Vermont and say, you know, in my head, what would this, what what would happen to this place in you know eighty years or so? You know, and and kind of trying to be funny about it. You know, it's not meant to be taken as a literal uh, interpretation of the future, but you know, parts of it, I guess, kind of. Uh, you know, borrow from some realistic elements of what our current society and 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 Vermont itself, and how it kind of is 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 very different, in my opinion, to a good chunk of the country. Um, so, you know, I kind of had fun with it. Obviously, a lot of exaggerations, uh, but that's that's on purpose. And I just wanted people to kind of get, get a laugh. And and uh, but it's but it's an interesting world, and I hope you know that whoever reads it. Can can at, at the very least appreciate that you know they may not appreciate the writing or anything else but I hope they appreciate the fact that you know some thought went into it and uh, and there's you know I did plan a decent amount so and this was uh, your uh, at least your first uh, published work is this like your first full length uh, written work that you've done yeah yeah this is the first uh, published novel it's designed to be the first of a trilogy um, I. Uh, I also kind of am in the process of writing short stories in in the universe if that ever gets published. And, um, you know, in the meantime, I, you know, I like to try to dabble. I've got other projects in mind, but that's the first, the first, uh, published work of mine. That's, so. that's great. Yeah. And so I'm guessing the whole thing was a learning process, but, uh, I, I'm thinking if it's going to be a trilogy, you're going to be doing some more of this. Um, I got, what's like the most, uh, I guess, challenging thing or, or or different thing about the writing process that was maybe like exceptionally different than what you expected it to be otherwise um, that you're that you can draw on first of all I'm just curious about what experience that might be and also how you would draw on that to you know improve or change anything about the next book 
Well, that's a good, great question. I mean, I'd say just that the fact that there's a reason why more people don't write books, especially of this length. It's long and grueling, you know. <laughs> yeah. it, it was a lot. It was a, it was a ton of fun, and I mean, I genuinely mean that. I had so much fun writing it, but it is a long and grueling process, particularly the editing revision process. You know, uh, who knows whether or not uh, I did the best job, but I tried. Um, but I'd, I'd also say, you know, emotionally, the hardest part is you have these these brief but pretty intense moments where you're you're really experiencing self doubt. And you know you'll read you'll read a chapter and you say this is complete garbage, you know. And literally, and, and that alone would almost you know almost made me want to quit several times, uh, or 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 just like I you know I don't want anyone reading this. This is way too, you know. I'm going to piss somebody off from this. But you know, eventually I kind of said, you know what, if if people know it's all in fun and you know it it's, it's not designed to to hurt anyone's feelings. It's just meant to kind of book fun of everybody in some way and, uh, you know, and, 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 and ultimately tell a fun story, then I think people will be okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's, that's really important, I think, with any kind of creative endeavor, and it's always easy to, one, be your own worst critic, and two, a lot of times get caught up in the, the end user and the, in the end goal of, of getting people to, to read it and enjoy it. Not that that's not obviously very important, but I feel it, often comes out in the work and you can read it in the work if the person one enjoyed themselves during the process and two kind of let themselves be a little bit free and actually at some point almost said you know what uh to hell with whoever ends up reading it if they like it they like it if they don't they don't that's the way it's going to be i'm going to write for me and something i would enjoy reading and hopefully especially with the internet somebody else will be out there that likes what i like and you know will get the same kind of enjoyment out of it so it's it's good that you kind of stuck through it and uh despite you know telling yourself to stop actually trudged on I'm, I'm really looking forward to picking up a full copy of my own and, and uh, taking a gander at it um, now before we actually get done uh, this here I just wanted to kind of find out uh, aside from Vermont comic-con uh, where people might be able to get a copy whether it's now or just down the line um yeah th thanks for all the kind words by the way um what, what I would say I'm, right now it's available at the if you can't grab a copy at comic-con it will be available as an ebook and through the iUniverse website um, for the next, you know, indefinitely, obviously, but in about four to six weeks, roughly, it's going to be available on Amazon and other, and Barnes and Noble and other major retailers. So, um, you know, you, you could look me up at OliverChronicFell.com. I know that's a that's a bit of a <laughs> a long name. Uh, you can always look up the Flatlander Facebook page. Uh, Flatlander in Vermont is my my Twitter name uh and I'll, I'll have all those things posted but soon enough if, if you want to uh, the ebook is actually three dollars 99 cents uh which is a great deal too so um you know there'll be a lot of ways and i'll and i'll post all those but pretty soon you could be able to search for it on amazon in about a month or or longer well that's uh that's great i was going to ask him to make sure you uh you pumped out all your uh information but for users out there who maybe didn't uh, listeners out there who didn't take that down we'll also post all those links on the uh lots of home podcast under the show notes in this uh, episode as well so you can get that there um and uh, hopefully everybody has a chance to stop by comic-con and uh you know if you weren't sold by uh jay moulton's words uh then hopefully just stop by for the hell of it and stop by oliver's table and uh and check out flatlander give him a chat he likes to talk uh and uh you know likes to make new friends so oliver thank you very much 
for uh, uh, chatting with me today. Uh, all the best of luck. I'm really looking forward to checking out the work and hopefully reading that spirit, that fun that you pump, pumped into it. Hey, honestly, thank you so much, Jeremiah. And uh, I really, really appreciate it. I, I look forward to seeing you and other people there and uh, just honored to, to have a booth. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, so thank you so much. I really do appreciate it and, and be in touch. Mm-hmm.